There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com. It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hello, hello. Shalom. Uh, you know what? As I said that, I was like, I should say shalom, but I'm glad you did. Didn't think of it, I did. Shalom, y'all. Yes, that's what they had on so many different little magnets and stuff. They would say shalom, y'all. That's nice. You know what? Fine. So, hey, everybody. We are <laughs> back. <laughs> We're back. We just came home from Israel on Sunday, supposed to get home Saturday. However, a little Turkish Airlines flight was late and then we got bumped and it was a mess. But you know what? We got a free little vacay in Turkey. Yeah, we got to stay a night in Istanbul. Istanbul. Istanbul? Istanbul. Istanbul. There's 16 million people in that city. It is. It was insane. So jam-packed. It's pretty crazy, but it was, I thought it was cool. Trey and I rode this little scooter and had a great time. It took us 30 minutes to figure out the scooter, but once we did, we did get on it. Well, they have to take your driver's license, approve you, and then I had to call and we got it situated. Anytime I go to cities, I love it when they have the little scooters out and then you just- do the little app? Yep. I, I probably have like 10 apps 
Speaking of scooters. You had that poor man that didn't speak any English trying to take videos and pictures of us. Yeah, I was like, sir. Like, yes, I, oh, yeah, no, sir. I was like, what? Nothing. What did you just say? What was I that language? I don't know what language that was. I, I don't know. Turk English? Turk English? We'll T- go with that. English? Okay. So going to Israel this time, it was our second time, and it was beyond better than the first time. It was. And you know what? A lot of people will say that Israel is a bucket list item for them. And I want to tell you that it's easier to get there than you might think. Yeah. All you have to do is find a church that you enjoy and you align with their values and they've have experience. I really recommend you going with a church who has experience going there and then talk to them, say, hey, when are y'all doing another Israel trip? I'd love to go. They line everything up from payment plans to arrangements to your flights. They do it in a group setting. So the, the pricing is very affordable. And you, you get over there and you experience what you think is a bucket list item is becomes reality very quickly. Yeah. I want to say it's a, wasn't it like 4500 per person? No, it was less than that. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We did ours in payments, so I kind of lost track. I'm pretty sure it was like 4500 I can't remember. Total for both. And then you add the flights in there. So it was under $6,000 for the two of us to go. Mm, okay. Y'all double check Trey's work because here's what we did. We used our airline points so we could you know, offset the cost. And then so we used our airline points. So we actually paid less because we didn't include the airline tickets. So when you go with it- So that it, was 4500 for the two of us. Okay. Well- Then you throw in airlines. Well, anyway. I'm normally right. Just saying. Uh, Maybe about- maybe 25% of the time, right? Wow. But this time was so much fun. And I will say it was fun, more fun, more funner, because Jason Shepard, we went with Church Project. He is very experienced in going to Israel. He's very driven and very focused. And he did a fantastic job of keeping us cats like- Herding 35. He was literally herding cats the whole time. And then, you know, you're always going to have the stragglers or the ones that are really fast, the ones that are super ADD and like off to the side or, you know, stuff like that. But he did a great job of keeping all of us on our time frame because when you're over there, you're basically- When you sign up with these tour companies, you're showing up. They put you in the hotels. They take care of most of your meals. You're going to stay at hotels where they have huge breakfast, lunch, and dinner on a huge buffet. Breakfast and dinner buffets. Well, you're out and about, but if we were at the hotel, they would probably have lunch too. Don't know. We weren't there. Well, I'm pretty sure though. Okay. Just saying. And it's going to be like a lot of hummus. By the end of the trip, you're going to be so tired of having hummus. But ironically, I did make hummus last night. Yeah, that was that was strange. You liked it. It was good. Yeah. We had Indian food today for lunch. I think it's still like the cravings are still there. Well, you know what? This time we stayed at nicer hotels and the food was a lot better. So I- Still I, the same, so just better. I didn't get tired of it as much is what I'm saying. But anyway, Jason Shepard did a good job of keeping us on schedule so that we could see all the right sites that he had on the itinerary. But at the same time, we weren't seeing places that were necessarily irrelevant. So let me just give you an example. When you're going to Israel, you are 
experiencing history because history is still so abundant there. You are standing in the middle of cities that were there 4,000 years ago. You're walking paths that Jesus Christ walked. And while you're there, you're there to experience it and experience the life that Jesus had, the air that he breathed, the the trees, the the plants. Yeah, the environment, the sounds of the language is even the same. Hebrew language is the same. There's the birds and the smells of the food. I always wonder, like, the Mediterranean diet is, it's been that for so long. I'm like, do y'all ever get tired of hummus? But I guess they don't. (laughs) I did ask somebody that and they said, no, we never get tired of hummus. But you're there to experience the life of Jesus. And there's many places where they're like, this is believed to be the site where Mary gave birth to Jesus. Or this is believed to be the rock that Peter stood on when he gave a speech or whatever. And so what happened is, is the Franciscans are a huge Catholic family, and they came in to a lot of these holy sites and purchased them, and then they put these beautiful Catholic churches over those places. Well, if you are not Catholic, then you're really in a lot of those holy sites that are beautiful and you know you love to look at the structure, but it may not mean as much to you if you're not of that faith. So when we went before, we visited a lot of those sites, and it was kind of different the way that we visited this time. We weren't visiting all those sites. The first time we went, I mean, at least for me, I, I wasn't necessarily aware of how it was structured, the commercialization of it, where they put certain churches and why, and and how Constantine, not Constantine, but the Francisco's... Franciscans. Franciscans kind of came in and just dominated <laughs> that country. over all those years. And so it was very unique and and special and, and memorable to have, have gone and visited all that stuff. But going now with Jason the second time, because he's, you know, the Church Projects bases itself as being simple, biblical, and relevant. And what Jason's goal is, is to portray is more of an authentic, you know, what it was like, what it looked like, where we were at, and not the commercialized version. So we got more of the simple, biblical relevance of the walk of Christ when we were there, in, in my opinion. You're right. That's exactly right. You just took all the words that I was trying to say and put them in such a beautiful fashion, Trey. Good job. You're welcome. I actually wanted to read something, a few things, and then we can talk about each of them. So these were some of Jason's thoughts on Israel, and he sent these out before we left. We are visiting the land where God chose to initiate a people set apart for himself, where God himself chose to live as a human on this earth, and where God will restore all things to himself upon his return. We are visiting the land where the three major religions of the world today centralize the events of much of their faith, Christianity, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So that's the crazy thing. When you're there, there are— There is division. There is some major division. There is tension, but it's still peaceful. Exactly. Like they but there's learn. rules. <laughs> yeah. The, that's <laughs> the th- specific rules. There man. are rules. You like, don't go on this side of the line without permission. And if you do, this is what's going to happen. Yes. Then we will, we will have peace. And like, for example, Jewish Orthodox, 
they have a very specific uniform. So you know who they are and they're very, very regimented in what they do and their belief and their religion. They're the ones that have the long curls down the sides of their face. They have the top black hats. They wear black and white. They're the OGs. But you know what? They protect so many places. Like they protect the place where the temple was. So these are places, let me just read you this next thing. We are visiting the land where most of the events of our Bible took place. We are seeing the same mountains Abraham saw for the first time as he walked ahead in obedience. The river Moses led the Israelites to, but was not able to cross himself. The mountains that prophets preached from and hidden, and the land where David watched the stars and penned the Psalms and ran for his life in the desert. So where the temple is... There was two temples. Well, now it's the Islam mosque. So you've heard of the weeping wall in Israel, the maybe. The waning wall. And weeping it's, wall? It's the waning. Waning wall? Waning. No. It, well, now they, they don't Here call it go. waning wall John, anymore. John, look it up. They just call it the wall, the Western it's wall. It's the Western wall, they, yes. also known as the waning wall. Well, basically the Jewish Orthodox- I paid attention when he was speaking. Okay. Well, I'm super ADD, so I listen, <laughs> but I get about 10%. I'm an experiential- learner. Okay. So I did learn, but this Western wall is what they like to call it, is a very small portion of the wall that was once part of where the temple was, the original temple where that's talked about in the Bible where two of them were destroyed. So the Jewish Orthodox will walk up to it and they practice their scripture. It's the closest place that they believe they can get to the holiest of all whole places. Because beyond on that wall where the original temple was said to be, or it was actually at, was where the Ark of the Covenant and Abraham had brought Isaac up the top of the mountain. Right. And that's where it all started. Yeah. So from that point where he brought Isaac up, that was now the temple. And that's what was honored. And that's was the holiest of all holies. And so that is the wall that separates being able to get in that area. And the, is it Islamic or the, the Muslims own that area? Yeah, and that's so where they, they have will their not mosque. allow the Jewish or the Orthodox to even. They can go in there, but they can go in there in certain times. Well, they can certainly can't pray in there, and so that's the closest place they can get to the holiest of all holies, and that's where they pray. Right, and they pray for his return. Well, they pray for the Messiah to come. So they take little notes where they have their prayers, and then they stuff them in between the huge bricks like i mean these bricks massive the, the wall, bricks yeah. yeah they stuff them in there and they put their prayers in but they walk up with their torah and they recite in hebrew the old testament and they rock forward and back while they are reading this torah because not of- everyone rock, rocks the rocking is meant to be a rhythmic action to stay in tune so not everybody chooses well it to helps rock. them to memorize too that's what I'm saying, not everybody, though. There's validity in doing that, too, by the way. I feel like we can learn from anyone. I admire their commitment, for sure, and you know, movement. Like We know that music and movement helps children learn many different subjects. So when they walk away from the wall, they actually walk backwards. And How'd we get on the wall? What? Because we're talking. No, I'm asking. How'd we get on the wall? Yeah. We walked up to it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Trey had to cover his head, but I had to cover my shoulders. And I can't remember if I had to cover my knees or not. Maybe I No, maybe not, I not at the wall. Yeah. So you have the Jewish Orthodox and then they have their – it's 
okay, we call it Sabbath. We're like, oh, yeah, do you wish on the Sabbath? Like, this is our Sabbath. Is that what we do? We do. We, really? we say it like Sabbath. We That's look not, up in the air with that country accent. Yes, but we say Sabbath. Like, we say our Sabbath is on Sunday, their Sabbath is on Saturday. But actually, it's Shabbat. That's how you say it, Shabbat. And probably that's even wrong. But their Shabbat is on Saturday. So you cannot go drive in their neighborhood at all, or they will throw rocks at your car. (laughs) But then you have Muslim neighborhoods, and the Muslim neighborhoods, and of course, you know, mainly Muslims, they have different levels of it's just like anything else. You you might have one female that is completely covered and you can't even see her eyes. But then you may have another that's covered just her hair, you know, just a little bit past the elbows. So it's really up to the husband of what he allows it's, his it's wife. It's really unique to see. I don't want to call it, say the word extremist, but the different levels of how they stay to, you know, some of the traditional forms of their religion and what they believe to where, you know, you have, I guess, the extreme version of that all the way to the lightest version. You can see all that dynamic going on. And same with Christianity, too. Same with the Jewish Orthodox. There was different levels of worship going on on all those fronts. Yeah. Well, and the Jewish Orthodox, by the way, the women, they are to cover their heads. So they either wrap their hair like in a turban type, a scarf type thing, or they'll wear a wig. And a lot of women will shave their head and then wear a wig, which I don't really understand because you're still, that's showing hair. It's fake hair, but. I just remember when you showed up in a bikini at the Western Wall, what everybody looked at. Whatever. Please. Yeah, I definitely did not. But then you have Palestinians, you have the Arabs, and you have Christian Arabs, then you have Palestinian Muslim Arabs or you need a whole class Israeli residents. You have some of the Arab Israeli residents, but then you have some that are Israeli citizens. So and their license plates are kind of marked. But then there's a lot of Palestinians that are inside Bethlehem. So if you imagine a city inside a state. So think about the whole state of Texas and then visualize, say, the woodlands having a huge wall built around it. That's like Bethlehem. Or having a wall in the woodlands, but then over here in Conroe, you can't take this rent-a-car that you rented from the airport on normal territory, you can't take it into Palestine or Palestinian area. They won't let you. Yeah, it's interesting. So the people who are inside Bethlehem, they cannot leave unless they have a work permit or unless they are an Israeli. Boundary within a boundary within a boundary. It's wild. Yeah, it is. And some of them are Christian Arabs and some of them are Muslim Arabs. I don't think you'll really find any Jewish Arabs. And by the way, many of the Jewish are Jewish by ethnicity but they're not Jewish by faith. And some of them may be just non-religious Jews. Some of them are Christian Jews, And that's Messianic everything going Jews. on with inside Israel. Then you get on the borders of Israel with, with the Jordanians and the Siberians. And, you Siberian? Know, what? Siberia. That's Syria. Syria. Siberia is like Russia, babe. Well, that's what I meant, Syria. <laughs> It was just crazy. So it was not just, you know, obviously it was it was there for the biblical walk of where Christ went. But what I, I really loved is what he sprinkled in for just the actual history of Israel itself. And we went to, you know, some major battlefields that, you know, in the 1940s and even in the 60s and, and moving into the 70s and 80s, some things that could have transpired differently that would have been a different fate for Israel. 
So battles that took place that had so much impact that if they would have fallen at that place, Israel wouldn't be the same. Well, and there's a constant fight over the land because the Jewish were exiled, then they came back. And, you know, these are things up until, you know, the 40s and the 60s and the 80s, that things that have happened. And then you had Palestinians that came in and then all the Jewish came back and then the Palestinians were like kicked out of their homes. We learned so much. We did. It's crazy, the dynamics. So, but, you know, for the most part, like I was so nervous the first time I went over there and I am so thankful we went that first time. We definitely had a better experience this time. Was it our tour guide? Was it the company? Was it the church? Was it the people? Or maybe it was just because we did it twice. Sometimes you need two experiences of something. I think it's a combination of all of it. I mean, we knew the people more. We knew our pastor, Jason, who we'd been with for 12 years. We wanted to see Israel from his perspective of way he's taught us to his teachings and being applied into to being their real life. And so that to me was extremely meaningful. We were with a, a group of people that, you know, was was younger all the way up to older. And it was an amazing group, 35 of us. It was a very unique experience. I mean, for me personally, I was there on my birthday. I had an amazing birthday there, which I can tell you about. But, you know, we did wine tastings. We Half of us got tattoos. 21 of the 35 of us got tattoos. From, There's freedom in Christ, people. So It's so okay. The, don't judge. The, don't judge. But the tattoo parlor we went to was Rozuka, which is a family that has been tattooing for 28 generations. And we were with the grandson of the 28th generation of Rozukas who started in the 1300s. I Razooks. Razooks. And so they started tattooing in the 1300s, you know, emperors and kings, and then they migrated over into Israel, and they've been in the gates, in the walls of Jerusalem for over 500 years. And it was just, it was pretty surreal to go get inked, like, you know, from the history of that. You want to tell them about your tattoo? I got a tattoo, yeah. And what is it? It is a cross that kind of matches what I have on my necklace with the nails. So it's Mm -hmm. three nails and a cross. And then in Hebrew, it says, redeemed warrior. And it's on my wrist. It was said back in the 14 and 1500s that the Kutz, I'm going to butcher this. There was a certain, anyway, there was a rite of passage that allowed you into a church or allowed you in somewhere to, to actually put a cross on your wrist to show that you were Christian and you were worthy and you were, you know, able to enter. So for me, I, I, I wanted to, you know, honor my faith and, and recognize it and, you know, as a redeemed warrior, I'm a warrior for Christ, and I felt very redeemed on that trip that it just had a lot of meaning to me. That's awesome, Trey. So proud of you. I'm Thanks, happy honey. for you. Appreciate it. And I what got did my you vi- get there, I got my very, my very first tattoo, and I did it in white. My girl's inked. I did it in white so nobody can see it but me. <laughs> and it is olive leaf. It is an olive leaf. That's an olive branch. Yeah, olive branch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. An olive branch. And then it says Yahweh on the bottom written in Hebrew. And then there's a little heart because I love hearts. So you can't really see it. My watch will pretty much cover it up, which I'm fine with that. I don't really want to be inked on my body. So that well, it represents love and compassion and mine represents redemption. How does it represent compassion? The olive branch? Yeah. You don't know the, the term olive branch? I'm giving you an olive branch. Oh, yes. That's a good one. It's compassion. Oh, well, see, I didn't even know. Was, you I, should read about what you get tattooed on your body. Maybe I should. Well, you know what? <laughs> it, we had a quick decision It was to a make. pretty branch. I like the writing and the heart was well, nice. Well, you know, I, 
When I go to another country, I love to learn about the culture. I like to learn about what they eat. I like to learn about what they heal their bodies with. I want to learn about how healthy they are or not healthy, what makes them thrive. Those things, I like to learn about their geography and just the horticulture there. So in Israel, olive trees are everywhere. And by the way, olive leaf extract is the most healing part of the olive tree. It's actually not necessarily the oil. It's in the olive leaf. Fun fact by Amy Castles. Fun fact by Amy Castles. And the olive oil, you want that first press, that extra virgin cold press olive oil. That is the best. And then the last press would be what they use for like lamp oil. So there's different parts to the olive oil and different presses. So we actually went to a place that had a huge olive farm and he makes these olive scrubs and oils and olive this and that. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and, and I bought some olive oil, but I want to go back to this. I was reading off some things. Bought that, more than olive oil. I want to read something that Jason had sent out. We will be walking on the same hills where Jesus taught, riding on a boat on the same body of water where Jesus rode in boats with his disciples in the regions where Jesus grew up and in the same vicinity of where Jesus was willingly murdered and resurrected. So when we are going around to all these places, you know, it may not be the exact place, but you can get, still get a feel for it. So we would go to these different locations and then Jason would give a little you know, a little sermon in that space and read some scripture. But the cool thing that I really, really enjoyed is that he gave us time to walk around and kind of just let it all sink in. And reflect. I, yeah, reflect. Meditate. And journal Soak if you in. wanted to, pray, and just take a moment. And that was so important because it made me really motivated to learn more about history, learn more about the Old Testament, the New Testament, and just be able to understand better. Because when you're reading scripture, most of it took place in Israel. So when you're reading it, you can then visualize. So when you've been there, you can visualize what they're talking about. Absolutely. If they're talking about the hyssop plant, you know, like, oh, I know what the hyssop plant is. Do you know what the hyssop plant is? I do know what the hyssop plant is, yeah. but I wasn't going to the horticulture side. I was more like the places, the villages, the terrain, what it looked like. That's what I like. Well, in, like for example, we went out to the it's Dead a, it, Sea. It's amazing to me the engineering and the architectural designs that they were not only able to configure, but to actually construct. It's one thing to imagine it, but then to take you know oxen and slaves and people and move these rocks around crazy. and construct these massive structures that are still here from 2,000 years ago. Where is it? Masada? Was it Masada? Masada was a place we went, yeah. Okay, so Masada is this entire city that's built on top of a mountain. We had to take a trolley to get up to the top. This is where King Herod built a castle. And you can see the tile work on the floor. You can see all the different rooms. And then, then you can even see how they engineered water to come into the city the to fill up all their basins of, of water. And you're just looking at it going, holy crap, it's freaking hot. It was so hot out there on the West Bank area. It was so hot and so sunny. And you're looking at 
what they had to do just, and the, the women, they were in charge of going to get water. So they would have to just get these buckets of water and then walk up all these stairs and pat those paths that they created, but just all the stones and just how they did it. Manpower, sure. Man and animal power. Basically. It, honestly, we think that our generation is so advanced and stronger and better. And sometimes I wonder, are we though? Are we? I mean, we have all this machines, we have technology. Maybe it's the people who created the technology that are smart ones, but they're the ones who it was literally. Blunts. I can tell you that seeing what they did to construct all of that stuff, we are 100% better off, but are we better stewards with it? Probably not. I just, I feel like they were harder workers and they had to have been. They didn't have Google. Like, hey, it was hey slaves. Siri, they how do you <laughs> create an engineering system? They are the ones who thought it up. So I thought it was really cool. Yep. Some sacred sites have had churches and buildings and businesses cover the top. He says, I desire full tranquility when I'm there, but the modern reality has pushed much of that out. So he said he would work best on giving us the experience with as much purity of the land as possible. So there were a lot of places that we would visit where they would have, you know, kind of a commercialized holy site. And like Trey was saying before, we would kind of just go off into the nature part and just, just he would be like, look around. Like when we went smell. to the, the Mount of Beatitudes, right? So yeah. there's this beautiful church that we went to the first time and we went in the church, we saw everything and it's this beautiful garden overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And it, it was amazing. And having known nothing to compare it to, that was like, an amazing experience at the Mount of Beatitudes underneath this canopy going through, you know, the eight Beatitudes that Jesus was presenting on the side of the mountain to the 5,000 people. Well, with Jason, we didn't even go in that facility. We went to the right of it, down a dirt road, walked through the golden, you know, fields down into the Sea of Galilee and got to look back up at where we started from. And he told us right here was where he would have been teaching and down there would have been the Sea of 5,000 people. And then they would have walked down to the beachfront for the Sea of Galilee where Peter had denied him. But anyway, I get into all that. But it was just a much different experience. Okay, so I want to switch gears. And we've had a lot of people say, ask some questions. And one of the biggest questions is, what do you wear over there? So the first time I went to that Israel. That was the biggest question? Yeah. Well, I mean. The ladies, we want to know what we want to wear. So the first time I went over there, I was told cover up and dress very conservative. Don't wear shorts and don't wear tank tops. Well, I pretty much always wear shorts and tank tops, especially when it's hot. So I didn't do that. Well, I was so hot. And I remember walking around going, oh my gosh, all these people are in shorts and tank tops. And I was so upset because I had brought all <laughs> pants and short sleeve shirts. So this time I was prepared and I brought some skorts. I actually got some skorts that are golf skorts and tank tops that are not like racer back or anything, How but they're sleeveless. How many pair of those did you get? Huh? How many pair of those did you get? Four. Mm -hmm. They're cute. Mm -hmm. They're very cute. Very cute. I like them. Four times cute. You know what? How many golf shirts do you have, Trey? It's not necessarily a golf shirt. How it's many considered a collared shirt. Okay, but this is what I've tried to explain to Trey many times. He obviously doesn't get it. When a female finds something that fits her body well, she has to get every color. You don't get four men, do you? What? Fits your body well. You're such a dork. I that know. doesn't even make sense. Whatever. At all. 
Not even a little bit. So I wore skorts and other ladies in our group wore shorts that were probably mid-thigh. And here's the thing. You put in your backpack a shawl, and then if you're walking into a place where you needed to have your knees covered, you literally just wrap the shawl around your waist, or you carry a maxi skirt, and the maxi skirt just put it on over your shorts. And I had it like an Amazon cheapo one. And then I had a shawl that I put around my shoulders because I need to have my shoulders covered. And that's it. I mean, that's if I was going into Catholic holy sites, they want you to have knees covered and they want you to have shoulders covered. So I would have had to do it more, but we only went into one where that needed to happen. So anyway, your clothing, you really want it to be comfortable. And he said, don't dress to impress dressed to be comfortable, although some of you can accomplish both. And I have to say, I have to say, I accomplished both because those skirts were so cute. Like seriously, ladies, if you've got like thick thighs and a butt and you have a hard time finding skirts because they all ride up in the back, then go look at some golf skirts at Dick's because they fit absolutely perfect. And they came kind of high waist. So they're, they're like the tummy control. Cause trust me, you're going to have enough falafel. We named it falafel babies because we all had falafel babies in our tummy. So you, I had that tummy control there. So it was cool. So glad that's what you got out of Israel. Yeah. Falafel, hummus and skirts and tummy control. <laughs> but anyway, so you want to have comfortable shoes. I actually liked having sandals to alternate with. So there were some days that I wore tennis shoes and then there were other days that I wanted to have really comfortable sandals. So I had Clark's and I got them on Amazon and they were like walking on a cloud and they were so comfortable. We walked over 27 miles the entire time that we were there. That was a lot of walking. And by the end of the day, you're pretty exhausted. But again, Jason did a good job of giving us days where we went back by four o'clock. There was one day we were done by about two. So it was great. And by the way, oh, that day that we were finished at two, we could have left or we could have gone to the Holocaust Museum. And Trey and I went to the Holocaust Museum and a bunch of us did. And it was absolutely amazing. Sad. It was very sad, but it was amazing the way that they had it set up, the way that you walk through. When you went into that room that had the five candles in honor of all the- Oh, gosh. So the five candles that honored over the six million people that passed, it was in a room full of mirrors. So and it so looked, when the, looked when the, like the millions reflection of, of it, it looked like millions of stars just in the darkness of- this this room that were just lit up in all corners of the room. I it was it, bald. Yeah, it'll choke you up. It, it just it's so surreal. Just that was crazy to understand and really you know see the depiction of how they they laid it out from the start all the way to the end and the families and the pictures and how they honored it and you know went through it paints a picture and it, it, it was did. it was pretty bad. Well, I liked how you walked through the Holocaust Museum. You have to walk the direction. Yeah, once you start, they don't let you out until you go all the way through it. Yeah, and and if it was too much for you, you could easily just not look and then just go all the way out. It's fine, but I'm just saying the way that they had it set up was basically on a timeline. So how it started and then how it ended and... Or did it really end? But that's a subject for another day. Conspiracy theorists, call me at 12 a.m. I'm just kidding. Okay, don't call. But anyway, so that was really cool. And what else was I going to say? Oh, traveling. 
you have to get a passport. Obviously, you're traveling to another country. A lot of people asked, you know, what was the issue with COVID? And honestly, it was like COVID never happened. I barely saw anybody with a mask. I didn't have to get a COVID test. We didn't have to get COVID tests to get over there. We didn't have to get them done to get back. You're not asked your vaccination record, nothing. Israel was the most closed off country and they had the most strict vaccination requirements. People got, I think they did up to four and then they were like, this isn't working. And then they just threw their hands up and basically said, everybody can come, whoever comes, we're done. And they were down. So talking to the tour guide and just, you know, some of the the people that live and work there, they were legitimately down for a year and a half because most of the stuff that at least the people we were talking to came from tourism. Oh, yeah. And nobody was allowed in the country. Huge tourism. Yeah. So that was that was different. The government did not do hardly anything from a compensation standpoint for them. Right. They survived, but they didn't. So they are very happy to see people. Yeah. It was really cool. Okay. I have to tell you, y'all know I love food. I love all those healthy things. And a few things that I learned. Number one, take a shot of olive oil every morning. Very, very high quality olive oil. It's so good for your system. It's good for your digestion. It's good for your body. It's like putting in lube down your <laughs> down your throat and then out the other end. And people there have been said to live for such a very, very long time, the ones who do that. So one shot of olive oil? One shot. Extra virgin? Extra virgin olive oil, like, like little Mary. And then pomegranates are very, very high in antioxidants. And Pomegranate juice is everywhere. There are people who are like, pomegranate juice, pomegranate juice, $5. And then they have these little presses. You can buy the press. Like look at an orange press on Amazon. They're like $49. And the pomegranates are very high antioxidants and they grow everywhere over there. They're just – and what's crazy is they get like four days of rain a year. It was wild to see the farming side of it from the bananas to the dates to the olives to the pomegranates to the the fruits. And I mean, it is truly the land of milk and honey. And I don't know where it comes from because the soil, it's coming out of rocks. It's literally, when we were at Jericho and down in the Judean desert, it was seas of desert. And then all of a sudden you'd see this freaking date farm that had 30 acres of beautiful green dates. The dates are so good. Our dates that we get here are such crap. They're so hard. The ones there are picked fresh. And then when you buy them in a box, you grab that date and like just barely squish. And the whole thing squishes like like a banana. I mean, that's how soft it is. And it's, okay, I took a box of them home. I really, I'm so upset. I wish I would have gotten like four or five boxes and filled them. We have Daniel's number. I know. I tried to message him on everybody has WhatsApp. I tried to message our tour guide on WhatsApp, but I haven't heard back from him. I'm trying to look Probably for- Probably had enough of us. We sat in the front of the bus. <laughs> I'm looking for Jericho <laughs> dates. Daniel's like, I'm not talking to them anymore. <laughs> I'm looking for Jericho dates that I could have shipped over here. If you haven't had dates, basically dates are really great for their minerals. I mean, they're pure minerals and it's a really good sugar. So- What I learned over there is that a lot of people will just eat like two or three dates max before their workout, and it provides them with the right amount of carbohydrates without all the volume. So just to give you an idea of how much sugar they are, I have tried to freeze my dates that I brought back because they're so fresh. So I put them in the freezer. They won't freeze solid because they're so soft and sugary. 
Hmm. But it's the good sugar. So what I like to do is I like to take dates, take the pit out, put them in my food processor, add peanut butter, protein powder, coconut, maybe some chocolate chips, stuff like that. And then they're really great little like protein ball. Thank you for sharing thingy. all of that. And then, of course, the eating olives, tons of olives, chickpeas. They they eat tons of chickpeas there, make hummus out of it, toast it, make bread. Well, what would you say your favorite place that you visited was? I don't know at this moment. I can't. All of it. You know what? We were in the middle of the desert on the West Bank. And that- We, we were in the Judean desert. Oh. It was where Jesus had said to have spent the 40 days and 40 nights, and when he came out of that to rest and restore, he settled in that valley where we were. such a good listener. I'm so proud of you. This is why you were top 10%, and I was in the bottom quarter of my class. But Trey was in the top 10%. We used to But you know what? I just I, paid attention. Well, I pay attention too. It just goes through one ear and out You're like, other. we were in the desert, and there was rock and the valley, and then there were these palm trees. Hey, listen. <laughs> Okay, I learn in different ways, and I also have to be told about 10 times. But we went through this little path, and then we had to climb a lot. And then all of a sudden, you're just in this paradise, like with this waterfall. and and bamboos and moss on the rock. Crazy. It was crazy. I really, I really liked that. I loved being in Jerusalem. I liked walking around the old city at night and seeing all the cultures walking around. And it was, I thought that was pretty cool. What was your favorite part? By far, hands down, Tuesday, September 20th, my birthday. Oh, yes. Please tell us about your birthday. Well, it was the second time I've celebrated a birthday in Israel, which is crazy to even think of. But we started the day off going to the original side of the Jordan River, where it was said that John the Baptist had actually baptized Jesus on that side. Because the first time we went to the clean side. And so this time we were on the, the Jericho side where they actually were said to have crossed the river when they came through with Moses. And that's where the, Jesus walked down the river and was baptized. Jesus there. wasn't with Moses. No, I'm saying that the Jordan River oh. is where they entered in from the Jericho side. Oh, okay. And that's where it had- I missed all of that. Jesus Louise. It's okay, honey. So anyway, we, we started the day off with you getting baptized for the first time in the Jordan River by Jason Shepard, and then me being baptized, and then leaving from there, and then going to the Judean desert and experiencing that, that beautiful oasis out in the middle of nowhere, then leaving there and going to Masada and experiencing King Harold and Herod, Herod and understanding you know the 983 Jews. Harold! Harold, I always call him Harold, the Jews that had, that were captive up there for two years and, you know, withstood the two years of the Roman army infiltrating on them and then finally to their demise, the mass suicide and all the stuff yeah. that happened there. Leaving there and going to the Dead Sea and floating in the Dead Sea and putting the mud on us and just having that experience again. And then leaving the Dead Sea in Jericho and driving into the city of Jerusalem, getting into our hotel, nice going hotel. down and eating. And then walking through the city of Jerusalem to the gates of the original city. And then actually, we ended up meeting up with Jason and his wife, and there was two other couples, so there was eight of us. And we walked through the old town of Jerusalem at night Kevin and, and ended up at the Diana. Western Wall. Yeah. And I was able to go to the Western Wall and, you know, say my prayers for our company, for our family, for all the people back home just from start to finish of the baptism to the Western Wall, 
by far was the best birthday I've ever had in my life. Oh, I'm so happy. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, he was, Trey was totally glowing. I didn't want the day to end. And I have to say, all the people that we went with, it made me realize how much we are missing out on some incredible people because we haven't really rooted in our church. We go on Sundays, but I want to be better at taking more opportunities to volunteer with groups of people. I mean, volunteering with others that you have fun with is way easier than, you know, just doing volunteer work by yourself. There's so many ways to get plugged in and to be able to, in your adult life, to have friends that you can connect with on a spiritual and emotional level, but as well, just in life in general, I think that's such a gift. And a lot of us have friends from our childhood or, you know, even, you know, friends that we've met in our adult life. Maybe we met them through the gym or through high school or through your kid's class. And you have these friendships and you have fun and you talk about life and this and that, but connecting on a spiritual level is not really there. And while we were there, we did that. We connected on all the different levels. I think I truly let my so guard valuable. down yeah. and it was just in a raw state of humanity and just, you know, understanding and learning and acting kind again, you know, having humility, you know, being honest with who we are and what our story is and how we ended up there and, you know, sharing all of those experiences. And then when you share, other people open up and share and it just became this, I don't know, this open opportunity for 35 individuals to just let their walls down and just be children of Christ and be in a safe, fun space where they could be themselves, be loved and be honored by God. And, you know, coming home, I try and draw from that to say, man, I still got to be kind. I still need to be patient. I still need to be loving. I still need to be grateful. I still need to be graceful in all of this because when we got home, we got smacked right back in the face with life. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't handle it well. <laughs> you crumbled. I did. But you know what? Yesterday, I was like, whoa, what I said that I wanted to come home and do, I didn't do. I said that I wanted to come home and go easy on myself and just let God take my day and set my intentions, <laughs> but maybe have intentions, but not expectations. So I intend to do X, Y, Z. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, X, Y, Z, you know, I have this, you know, list of 10 things, but then I'll, oftentimes I get one of them done and then I start shaming and guilting myself. But then yet I'm not looking at all the other amazing things that did come up because that's where God led it. So I said I was going to come home and be better at just kind of going with the flow a little bit and I didn't. And I got pretty anxious this week. I got stressed. I've had some migraines. But yesterday and today, I was like, you know what? I got to go for a walk. And I did. I literally, I felt, I actually felt so much anxiety in my body today, but mostly yesterday. It was a little bit today, but yesterday it was welled up in my body so much that I actually just wanted to cry. And I had nothing to cry about. Nothing. There was nothing to cry about specifically, but it was just all the emotion that was overwhelming me. And I called my best friend and I just said, Hey, I need you to talk to me. And I just, I'm going to walk with you. And she was like, okay, let's talk. And so we just talked and we talked about the Holocaust museum. We talked about history. We talked about a lot of our trip and I got done and I just felt so much better, more clear. You need to make those calls more often. Yeah. So do you. I'm fine. Oh, 
Good. Hey, the pot calling the kettle black over here is we all have our issues, Trey. We all have our issues. Okay. I got rid of mine in Israel. (laughs) All right. Y'all, thanks so much for listening to us ramble. I know today's episode was a little long. And to all of our new friends that we have, a new family, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll leave you with this. This was Jason's words here. Starve your distractions and feed your focus. I like it. So let's starve out all the distractions that's taking away from our focus and feed our focus. For me, that's getting back into a routine. You know, I know it sounds kind of corny and candid, routine, your your prayers or, or your devotions, but sometimes, you know, at least for my personality, I need to start doing that again to get it back ingrained because it's what you feed your brain is what you focus on. And if you're being distracted by other things that aren't, that are meant to take you away from your focus, you got to start learning and discerning what those are and get back to it. And you know what? Since you had one last thing, I want to say one last thing too. You just couldn't leave it at that. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to read this. You you reminded me. One of it. Okay. So these were just a few things that Jason said that I wrote down. Peace means respect. You don't have to agree to accept and love them. There are many different cultures in Israel, like we said, and you don't have to agree to accept it and love them. Love people and respect people. The more confident I am in my faith, the more I am free to love and respect others for their faith. Jesus came and said, it is for freedom that I set you free. Don't separate and elevate, which we often do. We separate ourselves from others and elevate ourselves. And that's not right. Agreed. All right. So that's it. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly. There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. 
Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com.